Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really want to uh, say congratulations and welcome back to a friend of ours and certainly a great senator for the great state of Wisconsin. It's Ron Johnson. Ron, congratulations. Hello, Joe. Thanks for having me on. L- listen, uh, we're watching this thing go down, and you said that $100 million was spent to try to grab your seat in the Senate and make it blue. $100 million. How much did you end up spending on your campaign? Do you know? Yeah, we, we weren't outspent by that much. It's a grotesque amount of money. They spent well over $100 million, but where we were outmatched is uh, they had the mainstream media on their side. Uh, you know, the, the mainstream media in Wisconsin, they've been trying to take me out for two years. And let's face it, uh, we have very few journalists anymore. We primarily have advocates. Uh, they don't interview me. They, they argue with me. They uh, ask me loaded questions. So that's a pretty powerful force when you're up against uh, the mainstream media. Quite honestly, we're up against our education system as yes. well. And then you have Democrats who have no problem whatsoever just lying through their teeth repeatedly with the mainstream media amplifying their lies. It's, it's not easy. It's, it's not particularly fun. Uh, being uh, at the receiving end of over $100 million of just, you know, lying uh, types of ads, politics, personal destruction. But I think the reason we overcame it is uh, I just tell the truth. Yes. And I think that there were enough uh, Wisconsinites uh, in the middle there that just, they, they may not always agree with me, but they realize I'm honest, I'm forthright, I'm, uh, I'm uh, you know, I'll tell them what I believe, and they can at least rely on that. Right, and they can take that to the bank. And like you said, if they don't agree with you, at least they know they're getting the straight truth. With Mandela, with Mandela Barnes, the guy, he wants to just let half the prison population out. Here's a guy who says, let's get rid of ICE. How, for God's sakes, already the border's broken. Let's just get rid of ICE. He's holding a shirt, and he says, well, I've already talked about that. He didn't really have an excuse. And then he wants to defund the police, and he hates the way the country was founded. And he talks about equity all the time. At some point, you get so radical, that you step past the point of no return and people in Wisconsin aren't stupid. They said, I might like some of what the guy says, but I, I see what he stands for. If they saw what he stood for. And that's the that's the question. I mean, did, did enough Wisconsinites really understand who Mandela Barnes was? He ran a completely dishonest campaign. He was basically in hiding. He denied all of his prior positions. He also said, told people, oh, I'm not for defund the police, but, but he, he wants to reallocate over bloated police budgets. It pains him to see a fully funded police budget. Right. So, uh, again, completely dishonest. One of the things I pointed out, uh, there, there was a little mystery about uh, you know, how he got his degree. I'd say he lied about it, but we knew what he got his degree in. Uh, communications with specializing in performance. Wow. And so I pointed out to Wisconsin, he was a performer. He was an actor. And I don't know that he was just delivering lines that somebody wrote for him or that he was making up these lies himself. Now, let's face it, that was the Democrat playbook. Just lie about uh, Republican opponents. I mean, how, how, many, how many Republican candidates did they accuse of wanting to end Social Security? Nobody wants to do nobody. that. Nobody. Nobody would ever say that. And yet the Democrats, I mean, this has been three elections. Three elections I've been accused of wanting to cut or end or put on the chopping block Social Security, including from the President of the United States and the former President of the United States. They have no shame whatsoever, nor does the news media. I'm really glad you went there when it comes to the media. So Mandela Barnes and people who are of his ilk politically have the big media, big tech, big sports, big Hollywood, big academia all on their side. we That's astronomical. We cannot really add that up. I know how expensive it is to a- advertise on my show. And if you take my show and multiply it by a thousand because you've got all these other outlets, not only in Wisconsin, the large ones, the big networks as well, you're talking about potentially 
half a billion, a billion dollars in value that he got just in advertising, and somehow you won. And again, do we go back to because Wisconsinites know they can believe in you? Did they know that he was wishy-washy? Did people like you and me say it enough to, to show the videos enough of him lying and changing position? Why did you win? I mean, the Democrats thought they had you. Well, again, I, I think it's because Wisconsinites understand that, uh, that I'm honest, that I'm forthright, that I tell them the truth. And one of the narratives they were pushing on me is that I was in it for myself. I think most people realize that I could have a really good life, just retire and, you know, Right off in the sunset. Right. But I'm doing this because I love this country. I think that just comes through, uh, hopefully, loud and clear, because that is the truth. Um, again, it, it, it'll, it'll be interesting to try and do the postmortem on this. You know, what, why was I able to win, but other statewide candidates lost, uh, disappointingly? Um, we have to take a look at that. But the question I have, Joe, is how bad does it have to get? Great question. I mean, my God, how bad does it have to get before Democrat voters realize, you know, this you know, this massive death of spending sparking uh, record high inflation or 40-year high inflation, uh, the war on fossil fuels driving up energy costs, costs uh, tying into inflation plus record gas prices, the, the soft on crime policies making our neighborhoods and streets not safe, the open borders, flooded deadly drugs. I mean, how bad does it have to get before Democrat voters reject Democrat governance and Democrat policy? I guess it's not bad enough yet. Which is stunning because it's about as bad as we've seen it. It's uh, U.S. Senator Ron Johnson, great state of Wisconsin. He does win another term, and thank goodness for that. Uh, it's interesting. I get sent to me by my team when some media outlet talks about what's something that happened on my show. The night of the election, or, or as soon as we knew that you won, I was sent something that was a Yahoo News piece by somebody who showed, uh, first of all, the picture of you wasn't flattering. Picture of Mandela Barnes was as if he was, you know, acting in a, in a movie. And then the article went on and, and halfway through, Ron, it says that you on my show said that you felt comfortable with the rioters on January 6th and you wouldn't want BLM and Antifa. Now, you and I both know that they've all lied about that quote. What you said was you felt better about the peaceful protesters that were there, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of them, um, than you would have felt about Black Lives Matter or Antifa doing the same numbers in Washington, D.C. You never once said you supported the rioters. You never once said it was okay to storm the Capitol. But this is what you're talking about. Now, I reached out to that reporter who ignored me. I said, hey, I've got the video. I will send you in context. I'll send you a, trans- a transcription if you want. And she ignored me because she would then have to tell the truth. So how do you rise above that? Now, again, we know you won. You're going back for six years. They're going to attack you for six straight years now. Do you have to worry about that, people like that who write garbage like that? Of course you do. And you, you try and guard against it, but it's, it's impossible to frame every last word that they can't pick out, you know, the middle of the sentence and twist it and distort it. That's what they do. That's their stock and trade. But obviously the point I was trying to make is, you know, I immediately forcefully and repeatedly condemned the violence on January 6th. Yes. But I was also condemning the 570 riots uh, that sprung out of about 8,000 protests, uh, 2000 law enforcement officers injured, a couple dozen people uh, ended up losing their lives, including two in Kenosha. Right. Uh, one to two billion dollars property damage. The media never talks about that. You know, so that's what I was referring to. Is you know, I'd be a little concerned about those individuals that uh, were at the forefront of 570 riots. Uh, Might have been a little concerned if, yes. if those are the folks that were showing up uh, at the Capitol that day versus the people that I rallied with uh, during the election. People that love this country. They're God fearing. Uh, they're law enforcement supporting. Uh, again, I, I condemn the violence. Of course. But go, going into it. 
Uh, I knew they were coming to, by the way, to protest uh, the way I was going to vote. You know, I understood that. But I again, I, I did not fear uh, the people that support uh, our side of the aisle because we, we do uh, love this country and we do support law enforcement. And, and very, very few of us would even contemplate uh, breaking the law. And I'll, I'll go back to J. Michael Waller's testimony that I entered into the record, the, the you know, groups of about four provocateurs, four groups of provocateurs, some agitators that kind of ginned up the whole thing. Again, we, we do not know the full story of January 6th, not even close. The January 6th committee, completely one-sided, yes. didn't look at, you know, where was the security? You know, what about these agitated groups? What sparked it? Uh, you know, what, what was the true tales? I mean, I kept, I kept saying there weren't thousands of armed insurrectionists. There weren't. That's just there, there were no yes. firearms uh, on right. any of them. Right. And I, I'm, I'm the guy that asked the FBI witness, how many firearms did you recover? Not knowing the answer. And she told me zero. Um, so, again, you take a, an insurrection wouldn't have people staying in the rope lines within the rotunda. Exactly. That's right. not what an insurrection with thousands of armed insurrectionists would look like. And those who vandalized so again, and those who broke things and those who rioted are, are being punished probably yeah. more harshly than anybody else we've seen in history. Some of them haven't seen the light of day in a long time. Ron, I know where you are on that. I know what you said that day, but these reporters aren't going to stop. I'm glad that you keep on correcting it. And I think that that's how we, we quell this by, by giving them the truth in the face of lies. It's U.S. Senator Ron Johnson, great state of Wisconsin. So you're in limbo right now in the, in the Senate. You don't know if you're going to have the, the majority, the Republicans need 51. Democrats only need 50 because you've got Kamala Harris. What's your mindset? Do you start thinking of what you will do? Is it just wait and see? Are you on the sidelines? What what happens in the, the next few days before we find anything out? Well, I'm, I'm going to work right away. I wrote a column for the Wall Street Journal laying out uh, how we should develop a two-year and a four-year agenda. We need to have a more collaborative governing model within our conference. Uh, certainly reaching out to all the doctors. I want to assemble a group uh, of you know, the, the, the heroes of the pandemic uh, to find out exactly what our current state of knowledge is, what the public needs to know, what our next steps need to be to protect the public, to make sure this never happens again. So I'm immediately going back to work. But I'm also, I think, uh, you know, like everybody else on our side, completely puzzled. Uh, that's probably the kind word. Yeah. What is going on in Arizona and Nevada? I mean, once again, how can how can they not be counting these votes? How can their system be that broken? And I'm sure if Democrats win, it'll be the, the safest, most secure election. You know, no problem, nothing to see here. Right. Again, it's, it's that type of dysfunction that just creates uh, suspicion. And one thing I have to give, give us credit for, we had a very robust election integrity component to our campaign. Right. We had 5,000 poll workers versus 1,650 in 2020. We had every observer shift filled. We had eyes on the process. And as a result... Uh, I think we were on all sides. We were pretty confident. Milwaukee got their vote totals in early, uh, earlier than they have in the past. So, we, you know, again, putting some controls in place, making sure you had bipartisan eyes in the process, by and large, worked uh, in Wisconsin. So, you know, we had bipartisan results. We had some Republican winners, some Republican losers. You know, everybody in the end said, okay, accept the results and conceded, and we moved on. 
What's interesting about what you what you brought up in Arizona is that I know the state legislatures get to set the rules for elections, but are they really allowed to say, well, we'll finish counting in seven days. You won't find out for a week who you voted for. And, and you know that the component of mail-in balloting, where they just send out ballots because there are a certain amount of registered voters at home, is, is an invitation for fraud. If somebody sends you five because you've got five voting age people and you check the mail that day, you could fill them all out. You don't have to prove who you are and send them all back in and they all get counted isn't there any anything we can do on a national level i don't want federalization of of our election laws don't misunderstand but shouldn't you guys be able to in congress say hey this mail-in balloting is not safe and we shouldn't be doing this anywhere well i winced when you said that uh, i understand the desire uh, but it's a slippery slope it i is. mean i think i think we need to leave states in charge of this hopefully the the public in those states will get outraged by it as well uh, this is ridiculous. If you're in Arizona and if you're somebody from Nevada, uh, the fact that here we are on Friday and we don't know who we elected as our U.S. senator, uh, hopefully that public outrage will, will force on a bipartisan basis. You know, some of the things we've done in Wisconsin here, again, we, we had to do this uh, without the help of a governor, but uh, on, a, on a, you know, just Republicans by pushing election integrity, uh, having eyes on the process, uh, we improve things here in 2022 versus 2020. We still need to pass some laws. We still need to bring some clarity to the process. Right. But I, again, I, I just wince at thinking any kind of nationalization, uh, uh, federal government involvement in just about anything, Joe, quite honestly, not, certainly not our elections. Well, I just wonder if these states sued, although like the attorneys general, if they happen to be conservative, can sue to the Supreme Court. And we can say the Supreme Law of the Land says you can't. Uh, what if they say, you know, we're going to tell you who won the election in February. Can they just do that? I mean, that's what I'm talking about. But I understand what you're saying. H.R. 1 by Nancy Pelosi was federalizing the election system and everybody would have gotten a mail-in ballot and the Democrats can do anything they want. I completely understand and I'm wincing with you at the same time saying, listen, man, throw me a lifeboat or something. Throw, throw me a, a lifesaver in the water here because suddenly when they start finding uh, ballots that happen to be mailed in or dumped off, they they 78% of the time favor Democrats. So that stinks to me. It's oh, US- I know. Go ahead. No, listen, I know. that. That's why I held a hearing examining the irregularities of the 2020 election. Yeah. There, there are problems and it's always the Democrats that are trying to liberalize the rules, relax the controls, make it easier to cheat. You know, we, we did what we did here in Wisconsin, not to gain a partisan advantage, but to restore confidence in our system. Exactly. But quite honestly, if, if a state wants to be so dysfunctional that they can't send a U.S. senator to the U.S. Senate, I guess that's up to them. You know, that they point. will disenfranchise their voters. So it's, it's got to come from the states. We hope to get Masters out of uh, Arizona, Laxalt out of Nevada, Walker out of Georgia. We're going to wait and see. If it comes down to Georgia, uh, Ron, they're going to spend a billion dollars in Georgia to, to, to try to win that for the Democrats. But let me just add, before I let you go, I just want to ask you about a state away. I spent a lot of time in Michigan. Wife was born there. One of my children born there. I was a TV news anchor in Michigan for eight years. Uh, I love Michigan. I still have a house in Michigan. I can't believe that they now have a Democrat state legislature, a Democrat attorney general who's a radical nut job. They've got a Democrat radical in the governor's office. Oh, and by the way, they've also got a radical Democrat 4-3 Supreme Court. One state away, Ron, they went full totalitarianism. If Gretchen Whitmer wants to shut down schools again, she can. Send more, uh, more uh, sick people into nursing homes, she can. Uh, if she wants to say 12% state income tax, she can do that now. How on earth can a blue-collar, rust-belt state like Michigan that I love, and I'm sure that you've got an affinity for it too, it's right there in the same area, how can they possibly have said yes to all that? Again, I'll keep going back to the root cause of this thing is our education system and the news media. 
Uh, the radical left took over our education system in the 60s, our universities. So they control college, of, particularly college of journalism and education. So they're, they're graduating teachers that indoctrinate our children. They're graduating uh, advocates instead of journalists. And it's very powerful. So the, the, the radical left has infiltrated almost every institution of this country, and it's all coming to, to fruition now. And that's what we're up against. Uh, we are on the wrong path. Uh, I, I'll remind your listeners that Venezuelans voted themselves into poverty. Truth. They might have achieved uh, equality, but it's called equal misery. Uh, that's what socialism results in. I have no idea why anybody would support that path other than they've been brainwashed, they've been indoctrinated through our education system, that the radical left by and large controls. You did a great job on your campaign. You've done a great job for Wisconsin and the country. I hope that you get the ability to actually do some real oversight when you get back in. Hopefully you'll have the majority. Ron, thanks a million for always coming on when we need you. And 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 thank God you won in Wisconsin. Great job. Well, I want to thank you and your listeners for supporting my campaign. I mean, I needed resources to push back and counter all the lies and distortions. And you as a talk show host and you, your audience were certainly a part of that team that helped me get those resources. So thank you. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you, my friend. We'll talk soon. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pegg Show. Wisconsin is a good man. You are lucky, Wisconsin. Ron uh, is one of those legislators who's not afraid to ask questions about the jabs, about the masks, about the COVID. He's not afraid to ask questions with these FBI whistleblowers that are coming forward. He's not afraid to ask questions about January 6th and get the real story out there about what really happened. That's why him going back to Congress makes a lot of sense. He will be, uh, if they get the, the majority, and I certainly hope they do in the Senate, Ron Johnson will be the head of a committee, probably the for, the, the intelligence committee again. Um, if not, we'll see which committee that he'll be the head of. But he'll be the chairman of some committee, and he will listen. He'll call Fauci. He didn't care. So one thing you got to like about a legislator, they say I'm going to go there and do this, and then then they go there and do that. And Ron doesn't care. He will call them in front of uh, in front of the Senate and make them testify in front of America as to exactly what's going on. And that's what we like in, in, in somebody who's going to get it done. Plus, he'll be a good stopgap to try to slow down this ridiculous radical agenda from Joe Biden and his cronies. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Stay here. Don't be an A-dub. Stay with the Joe Pags Show.